0: We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. Today's readings, today's going to be a challenging homily, so I hope it is at least. I hope today really challenges you. Today's readings are all about discipleship, which is a bit of a buzzword these days. I hear a lot of people talking about discipleship. I'm not always sure they know what that word means. It's really a simple word. It just You could translate it as um, a student, is a disciple. But I think a better translation would be to use the word apprentice. To be an apprentice in something means that you know you don't know everything. And you submit yourself to someone greater than yourself. So discipleship, right, means not just believing Jesus is God. It means following in his footsteps. It means taking him as your master. And we'll get to that. I want to mention one thing before we we dive in there. I hope there's certain things in Scripture that freak you out. Right, I hope you're at Mass, and if you're awake, I hope you hear some of these things and you're like, seriously, what was that? Today in the gospel, Jesus is gonna go through Samaria and this town won't welcome him. And so James and John are like, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? (laughs) Of course, that's what you would say to Jesus. (laughs) Right? I pray that every day. Lord, they didn't like my homily. Would you like me to call down fire from heaven <laughs> to consume them? Why does he do that? And I want, I want you just one quick note on this. Today's readings want us to see that Jesus is the new Elijah. Jesus is the new Elijah. And it's a serious thing to reject those who speak for God a serious thing to reject those who speak for God. Jesus is the new Elijah, and the apostles know that. Just before today's gospel, we had the transfiguration. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus appears in glory with Moses and Elijah, And the three apostles that are there are Peter, James, and John. And so today, James and John, they say, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? Well, guess what? Elijah did that twice in his life. When he was attacked for being a prophet of God, he calls down fire from heaven to consume his enemies. And Jesus today easily can do that, but he doesn't. Right? And he keeps on his way. Okay, but my question for you today is, are you in? Are you in for the gospel? I know you come to Mass. I know you believe Jesus is God. I hope you do. But are you in? Are you willing to risk something for that belief? It's always easier not to, isn't it? It's always easier to not be all in for the faith. I think of, I love Breckenridge Brewery. So on, it's just like the gospel. But on Mondays, a lot of times, when I'm riding my bike, um, my, some of my priest friends and I, some Mondays we'll start at Breckenridge Brewery down on Santa Fe, and we'll do a bike ride and do a big loop, and then we come back and we'll have a beer and lunch at Breckenridge Brewery. And You see people there who get like the flights, like the tasters, and I always judge them in my heart. I'm like, you just can't commit, can you? I'm like, you just can't do it. You're like, what if I get the IPA and it's not as good as the avalanche? And I'm like, commit, sinner. Today's gospel is about commitment. It's easier not to. It is easier not to be all in. It is easier to sit on the fence. It is easier to stand behind and watch someone else try it. And every one of us is tempted to that. When I was leading Bible studies for high school kids and college kids, whenever someone first gets a Bible, maybe not every time, but a lot of people, what they do is they're nervous to write in the Bible. And then if you have that question, if you're like, Father Brian, is it disrespectful to write in the Bible? No, it's not. If you read my Bible, it's covered in notes, in arrows, in underlines. A Bible that's marked up as someone who engages the Word of God. But anyway, my Bible study guys, they, oftentimes they'd start with a pencil. And I was like, you wimp, <laughs> commit, get a pen, write in your Bible, underline that verse. Don't do it in pencil. Go all in. Brothers and sisters, are you in for the gospel? Today's first reading when Elijah calls Elisha, and we put those names so close just to make it hard. Elijah calls Elisha. And Elisha, if you heard the reading, Elisha is plowing with oxen. And when Elijah calls him, he goes back and says goodbye to his parents and he kill, he slaughters all of his oxen and throws a feast for the town. In other words, the way that Elisha made his living, his livelihood, he gives up, he destroys. Elisha was all in. He didn't say, I'll leave this and I'll go follow you, Elijah, but I'm just going to leave things and if... You know, it doesn't go well. I can come back. He was all in. Everything. Jesus today, he wants us to know that if we're going to follow him, and in the Gospels, there's, there's a scene in the Gospels where you have the crowds following Jesus, and there's a sifting. There's a separation where those who are part of the crowd are distinguished from those who are disciples. Jesus today challenges you and me, and I am so challenged by this gospel. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds have nests. The Son of Man, though, has nowhere to rest his head. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to lose your home. you have to be serious about the cost it's going gonna, it's gonna to be for you. To another, he said, follow me. He said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus has strong, almost harsh words. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell, just like Elisha. Elisha goes back and says, farewell. Jesus is greater than Elijah. He is God himself. And so he says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, are you in? Are you a disciple or are you someone in the crowd? And I've been part of both. And I feel like in my life, there's times I kind of go in and out. Today's gospel challenges you and I not to dip our toe in the water. I don't know if you can see that, my Alps kind of long toe in the water, but to be all in. That's not, it seems like that's not reasonable. Our time today, our, our generation, our world, and I think it's always been this way, it says that's not reasonable. When I became a priest, right, lots of people said, well, good for you, but. It's a little unreasonable. Follow God, but be reasonable about it. Brothers and sisters, that's not reasonable. If the Lord of the universe, who gives eternal life and who died on a cross for you, asks you for something, the only reasonable thing is to say, yes, Lord, here is my everything. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ and sit on the sidelines. You can't do it. Whenever today's readings come up, it always makes me think of the same thing. It makes me think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I've talked to you about him before, but I just want to remind you about his life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is someone who challenges me so much, his story is so inspiring. And he is all about today's gospel. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor in Germany leading up to World War II. He was one of the most impressive men of his generation. He was a well-known theologian. He was in dialogue with all of the best Christian thinkers of his time. And Bonhoeffer, what happened as the Nazis come to power, he fled Germany. Germany. He came to the United States, and he was a a public voice against the Nazis. He wrote against them. He preached against them. He did all kinds of things. But when he was in New York, his conscience tormented him. It ate away at him, and he said, How can I be here safe across an ocean while my people are suffering at the hands of the Nazis? And so, so dramatically, Bonhoeffer sailed from New York and went back to Germany. He was on the last ship that ever left the United States for Germany before the outbreak of World War II. The last one. Later on, Bonhoeffer would be involved in an attempt on Hitler's life. He was martyred. I always forget the year. I think it's 43. Let's see. Yep, He was arrested in 1943, and he was hung... In 1945, in a concentration camp. And here's what Bonhoeffer, you gotta hear this. Here's what Bonhoeffer says to us Bonhoeffer's big polemic was against what he calls cheap grace. His enemy that he preached against more than anything else was cheap grace. And you know what that means cheap grace means I can be a good Christian, and all I really have to do is go to Mass. I don't have to change my life. I don't have to repent of my sins. I don't have to forgive my enemies. I don't have to love the poor. That is what Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace. And he wrote this book to argue that that is the greatest enemy of Christianity. This book is called The Cost of Discipleship. He says this, He says, cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. If you go to some churches and they tell you you can have forgiveness and there is no need to repent, that is an anti-biblical message. The first words on Jesus' lips after his baptism are, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I love preaching the mercy of God. I love it. It is true, it is good, it is beautiful, it is amazing, and I could not live without it. But if you think the mercy of God does not demand repentance, you do not know what Christianity is. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. It is baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. I hear people all the time and they say, Father Brian, how am I not getting more out of mass? Why don't I get more out of my faith? Christianity is the story of death and resurrection. And the irony of the Gospels, brothers and sisters, is that you only find the resurrection when you die. You must die to yourself. You have to be different. You cannot be like everyone else. Your old life that was about you, that was about your comfort and your pleasure, and your place in society, that you has to die. And when it does, you will find the greatest joy you have ever experienced. Bonhoeffer goes on, he says, costly grace. And This is what we want. Jesus, Lord, I don't want to be a Christian in name only. I get scared of following you. In our culture right now, I'm scared of following Jesus because the teachings of Jesus Christ make me a bigot in our society. When I wear my collar in public, I know what people think. Brothers and sisters, there are some things that are worth giving your life for. Do you want to find joy in the gospel? You've got to lose your life. Costly grace, Bonhoeffer says is the treasure hidden in the field. For the sake of that treasure, a man will gladly go sell all that he has. It is the pearl of great price to buy which the merchant will sell all his goods. And I love this line. It is the kingly rule of Christ for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble. I know in my life, I've been, today it's so funny, like today's an intense homily, and it's so good for me. Bonhoeffer challenges me, and I want to say, Jesus, I've got stuff in my life that I have to kill. I've got that eye that I have to pluck out, and that hand I have to cut off. Bonhoeffer, one more time, I know there's a lot of quotes, but hang with me. He says, such grace is costly. It is costly because it costs a man his life. If you want to be a Christian, make no mistake about it. Right? God welcomes us wherever we're at. But some things, brothers and sisters, God will not let you make cheap. The love of God is not cheap. It will cost you your life. It is costly because it costs a man his life, and it is grace because it gives the man, a man, the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the life of his son. And what has cost God much cannot be cheap. For us, I love that message. And it absolutely rocks me. Because in some ways, I'm a mediocre, lukewarm priest. But I want to be better. Brothers and sisters, you are called to this. You are called not to be the average person in your workplace or on the street. You are called to be radical. You are called to leave behind the crowd of people who are interested in Jesus but will never lift a finger. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you want to have eternal joy and eternal life in him, you must take up your cross. No one becomes a real Christian, no one, without leaving something behind. what will you give up to become a disciple? How will Christ know that you're all in? Are there things you would never give up for him? Renounce them today. After mass, get on your knees and say to Jesus, say, Lord, there are things I place above you that I would never give up for you. But I do today. Lord, today I love you more than my comfort." I love you more than the easy way of life that I want. I love you more than pleasure. I love you more than money. I love you more than what people think about me. Jesus, you gave everything for me. Your entire life, it cost you everything to love me. May I never Make your love a cheap thing. Lord, I pray today for myself. I pray for all the people here. For all members of the church. Jesus, may we not be just spectators. Lord, today make us disciples. Jesus, today and moving forward, Lord, I am all in.